Retaining and engaging key talent has never been more critical. Welcome to Winning the Battle for Talent, the podcast where our J.D. Power customer service experts discuss the latest trends and what companies are doing to improve people management, reduce attrition, and most importantly, help their employees thrive. Let's join the conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to J.D. Power's Winning the Battle for Talent podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with J.D. Power, and with me today are Mark Miller from J.D. Power and also Brian Kearney from Fifth Talent. So, Mark and Brian, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Looking forward to the conversation. Hey, so why don't we kick it off with, this is a new podcast for us here at J.D. Power, so why don't we kick it off with why we're doing this and, and who should be listening into this, taking the time to, to join us. Brian, why don't we start with you? Yeah, so um, I think this is for a lot of the people out there. A lot of the companies are having challenges with winning that battle for talent, keeping people, getting new people in the door, and especially around uh, the whole customer service side of things and how this is really impacting companies' bottom lines. So there's a lot of uh, companies we talk to, leaders of contact center, leaders of customer service, who are, you know, trying to win this battle for talent and that's really kind of the focus and a lot of the focus is on you know the people side of things rather than maybe just you know high tech or or process it's really how you win the battle is is through people management so so, so mark this is this should be for managers and executives in the contact center but also in kind of any organization that has customer-facing employees, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the squeeze right now for talent is so profound. You know, you have uh, restaurants, as an example. Uh, last night, we went to a local restaurant, totally jam-packed, signs on every door asking folks for forgiveness because they're understaffed and that their experience would be impacted. And uh, that's just one uh, example, but the, the point is, is that to, to build on what Brian said is it's all about competitive advantage, right? So the, this podcast really is about helping, you know, our clients and visitors to the podcast gain some unique insights and some competitive advantage in the marketplace around talent, whether that be inside a contact center, or whether that be behind uh, the uh, counter at a retail establishment, those companies who can retain, hire the right people, retain them, and help them thrive uh, are really going to have a massive advantage, uh, not only from a cost basis, because it's so expensive to hire and keep losing people, but really from an experience perspective. So. Um, and this thing's just pervasive, right? No, no industry is uh, immune from it at this point. So, so Brian and Mark, as we're out talking to our clients and, and talking to other companies, uh, what are we seeing in, in the marketplace today? I, I know that we've had quite a few companies talk to us about this attrition issue with new hires, uh, but I think we're also seeing higher quit rates. And then, of course, uh, another thing coming out of COVID, uh, we saw uh, consumer expectations snap back, I think, probably more quickly 
than what the brands were ready for. So there's this kind of big rush of demand for talent at the same time. Yeah, and I'll I'll say what you know what what we're seeing, and as we're talking with companies, you know, obviously this great resignation is is hitting you know the service industry really hard, and um, people are leaving at much more at a higher rate than they ever have before, and the other challenge is uh, getting new people in. We're seeing uh, companies now aren't being able to keep people about maybe 50% of the people past 90 days. And so it just causes this um, unfortunate challenge of being understaffed, which then impacts the existing employees who are still there. And then you'll see uh, higher burnout, higher stress, uh, other challenges and performance is suffering. And then, you know, once again, kind of what you alluded to is then the customer suffering from this. Yeah. And Mark, I'll let you talk about, you know, kind of the, the customer side of things and what's what's going on there. Yeah, well, you know, and all these great companies for years now have been able to link employee satisfaction with customer satisfaction. And so, um, and Brian, I'm going to do a quick turnaround and toss it back to you uh, <laughs> be, simply because, I mean, to your point, yes, at, at JD, we see our clients having to struggle with service levels, right? The quality of service, simply because, especially in more complex industries, simply because the, the folks who are interfacing on the phone, as an example, literally don't have enough reps, you know, um, to understand the systems, all the products, all the options, navigating the knowledge base, all the different uh, uh, customer uh, expectations that are being thrown on them. And to Mike's point, it's definitely uh, bounced back. I mean, 20 and 21 stark differences in terms of uh, the grace period that customers have given um, companies that is essentially gone at this point. And so, you know, you know, I'm, I'm interested from your standpoint, you know, Brian, in terms of what is going on with um, at the rep level or at the person level behind that counter that's created this problem uh, in the first place? Yeah, so there's a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new here. From what you know, we were discovering, um, you know, prior to the pandemic. Uh, there still was high attrition in the service industry. And it's interesting, a lot of, um, you know, companies in the industry accepted a lot of it. And, um, well, it's just, you know, a factor of doing business. But, you know, unfortunately, that um, that's not a really good approach because it can be solved. And you can make these jobs in a sense, and it's really about the employee experience. So even prior to the pandemic, the employee experience was, um, yep, if I'm not prepared for my job, if I have challenges with the way I'm being managed, all the different things that I'm asked to do, um, and if I can't kind of be myself with the customer, and, uh, you know, there's these inhibitors, which, um, you know, we call grind. So if the grind is high, um, it makes the job much less pleasant. 
there's the, the other side, which we always talk about, uh, you know, here at Fifth Talent, is meaningful work. And meaningful work in the research behind it and the whole body of research behind it, one of the key characteristics is um, my work is most meaningful when I am making a difference in helping somebody else in their life. Mm-hmm. So it's great high latent, high latent potential to have meaningful work. Um, but this, these areas of grind, you know, are, are, are causing challenges. So that was happening pre-pandemic. So, you know, in a sense, people weren't loving their jobs before the pandemic. What really happened during the pandemic is then the availability and the ease of switching jobs. So now there's many more at home. If you're in the contact center, you're going home and you're like at home, you know, and all of a sudden a lot of the the shift goes to the employee having the choice. Where do I want to work? When do I want to work? All of these different things. So that's one of the big things that changed in the market is now the, the barrier to leaving is much lower and people are leaving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we've done, when we've looked inside these operations, I mean, Mike, to your question about what are we seeing, we're now seeing, and this backs up what Brian is saying, is the the fact that companies who have traditionally underinvested in that frontline manager or supervisor um, are getting hit much uh, more profoundly than those who have invested in it because folks are leaving their manager, right? And so that puts an impetus on executives to ensure that we are empowering um, our frontline manager to manage differently. We're, we're now seeing, rightly so, folks paying more attention to the manager and supervisor and empowering them uh, to create a work environment that is different and needs to be different than what we have done in the past. Kind of, Brian, what you were saying around just taking for granted, hey, this is the cost of doing business. The great news is, is that that's not necessarily true. And right now, this is a chance for folks to understand what it takes to hire and retain good employees because there is a way to do it. And those folks who do do it are going to enjoy a competitive advantage. So, so why don't we wrap up with this then? What, what steps should companies be taking right now today? And at a minimum, what questions should executives and leaders be asking of their organizations? Yeah, from the steps, because there's a lot of people we talk to who, um, in a sense, the time to be strategic was, you know, six months ago. Um, <laughs> and it's like now I, I, I'm, I'm bleeding and I, I need to stop the bleeding. So one of the first things to do is, once again, we see that the delta of whether people are staying or leaving is their direct supervisor or manager. So, um, and then in our research, we found out uh, the experience, an employee of experience, I guess you could say, of the manager or supervisor is actually much worse than the employee, you know, than, you know, the people they're managing. So, um, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, a lot of the organization comes down on them, um, you know, as it, as it comes cascading down. But the thing is, is 
if they're at home, especially, and they're now having to manage remotely, they've never really been trained to do that. The organization is not designed to really assist them to do that. So they're handling all kind of issues from their people, including IT and HR and all these other things. So um, the number one thing to do is take the pressure off the manager and or supervisor and train them on how to lead remote teams because it is a different skill and there's things that you can do and it's what we say you have to become you know you're not managing um, a team you're not managing metrics you're managing individuals and so you have to almost become more like a life coach because you have to manage each person's experience what they're going through and you help them you're de still developing them to be, you know, self-learning, self-correcting, self-managing so that they can excel at what they're doing. And then once they enjoy what they're doing, once again, um, you know, the retention stays and performance and everything goes back up for the customers and everyone else. Yeah, Brian, I, I appreciate that um, directive um, guidance, right? And I would suggest and you'd probably agree with me that f for executives, you know, half the battle is really understanding kind of where you are, right? Um, and I know that your research has, it's been great that, you know, we've utilized it um, to help us gain greater understanding um, of how it is at the front line um, in terms of the psyche of those and uh, who are providing the service um, and understanding that you might not even have an attrition problem per se that you're noticing. I mean, most everyone we talk to are having that. Some of them aren't. But as an executive, don't you really want to understand where your employees are today? And I'd love to offer them a few things that they want to look at, right? It's, yes, they can look yeah. at year-over-year year attrition, but what are some of the other things that, as an executive, they have to get their arms around that are kind of like leading indicators or canaries in the coal mine that they might even have a bigger problem than they think? Um, and I know yeah, you guys have done some research on that. Yeah, and um, I think you referred to... Uh, uh, intent to quit diagnostic that we do that really shows um, you know once again we're kind of in the meaningful work and grind uh, camp and we're able to measure those two things in the employee experience and what's important about those is based upon your level of meaningful work and grind it really tells uh, you a lot about that employee's experience that they're having because those two factors um, heavily influence the behavior of, of your employees. So their behavior of, you know, what is their intent to quit? So, and, and are they going to quit? And then also on the other side, um, their intent to engage, in, intent yeah. to engage with customers, which then those two are leading indicators of, you know, your overall attrition and your performance in CSAT. So that's why we do, yeah, we do, um, we help companies get kind of a snapshot of their employee experience and of measurements 
that are predictive of behavior and you know outcomes and performance so a lot of times that is a, it's a good picture to start with so people know understand uh, if they have a problem where the problem might be yeah. and then it's how to address it and management is one of the key factors you know in all of this really determining that experience yeah so great discussion today uh, Brian and Mark thanks so much for joining us and thanks to everybody uh, who's listening today and we'll see you next time